Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Thursday night, April 7th, 2011. Welcome once again to the show that covers sports, life, and everything in between. My name is Joe, Just Business Buccino, and as always, seated in his chair shot reality seat, my tag team partner and co-host. <laughs> David Gomez, a.k.a. TG, a.k.a. What the hell were you thinking, J.B.? Well, it's like a, a, a nice little segue into, you know, our guest tonight, so I figured I'd throw in the chair shot reality seat. Well, you know, honestly, what I would love to do, um, look, looking at the videos, I would love to slam you with a chair right across your forehead. An unprotect, unprotected concussion-inducing chair shot is my dream come true, so I just thought I would throw that out there before, uh, you know, we get the show underway. Wow. I mean, that is deep. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Let's uh, let's, uh, give out some contact information and the poll question of the week, sir. Folks, as always, the call-in number, if you'd like to join the show, 714-364-4721. And I encourage you, if you also feel the need to give JB an unprojected chair shot, call us in. Once again, that number, 714-364-4721. Check out our website where you can see our Yahoo, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everything else, all that other garbage. Pure Gold PG. Dot com And, of course, our poll question of the week, um, what was your favorite WrestleMania match? Was it Triple H versus The Undertaker, Edge versus Albert Del Rio, Randy Horton versus CM Punk, Dusty Rhodes, I mean uh, Cody Rhodes against Rey Mysterio, John Cessna, I mean John Cena against Mike Mizanin, and, of course, the greatest match in WrestleMania history, Michael Cole and Jerry the King Lawler. You can vote on that, puregoldpg.com. By, by chance, by, by chance, uh, what, what's winning right now? By, by chance, well, by chance what's winning is uh, it's a Triple H versus The Undertaker with a whopping, actually, no, it's tied with Edge versus Albert Del Rio, a whopping 33% of the vote because uh, we don't have that many votes yet, but, you know, hopefully we'll get another 1,000 by the time Tuesday rolls around. Not bad, DG. Um, I, I promised the, the audience that we wouldn't be talking that much wrestling, but I think, DG, sometimes, uh, yeah, sometimes I lie. But honestly, nobody really. We didn't have that uh, that many callers last um, Tuesday, so I felt that, um, you know, me and you discussed WrestleMania and Raw, and maybe you know sometimes we are too negative and sometimes we are too critical of the WWE. That's why we felt it was very important. DG to uh, have our guests return once again, and who do we have, sir? Folks, joining us for a few minutes today is one and a half of the one and only Chair Shot Reality Show, as you mentioned before. He's Justin Labar, who's already uh, a member of the staff. He's actually going to be receiving paychecks pretty soon. He's been on the show so many times. Uh, he's a writer and contributor for WrestleZone.com. I actually think he owns WrestleZone.com, but uh, I could be mistaken on that. And of course, Justin, as always, we appreciate you joining us. How are you doing tonight, sir? 
I'm doing well, and to clear a few things up, uh, I've had an unprotected chair shot to the head about this time last year on CSR, and it doesn't tickle, and uh, I do not own WrestleZone, but I do own chair shots. <laughs> that's that's good to that's good to know. But uh, listen, Justin, let's let's get right into this because I know you're busy. You, you know, probably have a hot date or something. Uh, give us your overall take on WrestleMania. If you had this is a twofold question. If you had to grade it, what would you give it? And of course, what was it like to be there live in the uh, Georgia Dome? Oh, grade. Uh, we'll, we'll do the one to ten. Um, uh, I go with the. I go with the. Somewhere between uh, six and a seven. Uh, so, okay. Um, you know, it's 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 not it's not the worst WrestleMania that some people are making it out to be, but it obviously is never going to be in the conversation as the best WrestleMania. Um, uh, and in terms of the live experience, uh, you know, it was my third one. Uh, I'm kind of hard to please because I've had the privilege of being at uh, what many consider one of the best, if not the best, in WrestleMania 17 in Houston. So um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tough to please, but this—I mean, it was—it was definitely, I think, the greatest, definitely up there with one of the best sets and the stage and the, and the concept of, the, of that end of it. And um, you know, my my time around the WWE, you know, when I, in, in past years before I got on the WrestleZone, was uh, around the TV production staff and around the guys that work uh, with things such as you know the entranceways and, and, and then all the productions. I have a uh, you know pretty good appreciation and understanding of that stuff, so I really. That was really cool in terms of that. You know, the live spectacle, it is WrestleMania, so it was great. You know, it's, you get chills when America the Beautiful, you know, is, is being sung. And, uh, you know, the live experience was, was definitely did not disappoint. Um, you know, the crowd was as good as it can be with the dome atmosphere. The crowd the next night for Raw was uh, incredible. Uh, so, I mean, all in all, it, it was what it was. Obviously, the, you know, the card did not shape out the way uh, I know I predicted it a week ago at this time yeah. when I was heading to Atlanta talking to you guys, and I don't think really anybody predicted it to be the way it was. But I guess uh, I guess we'll just keep on keep on watching because that's what we do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Joe and I liken it to Vince McMahon being our crack dealer, and uh, we're, we want to get off, but we're addicted, so we can't. Um, but the truth is that you know we were watching it at my house. I just, we were, I, just uh, I just assume say I just assume say. Uh, 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 WWE uh, is is the horror, and we just keep coming back for more and more because it's it's it is, it is that's what it is. Well, I guess, I guess that's another way to put it. <laughs> but you know, the truth is that uh, we were watching the the pay per view, and again, you were there, so you have a better perspective. But it didn't really seem to us, at least, that the crowd was that into some of the matches. They seemed kind of like tired by the end. And again, maybe it didn't come across well on TV. But there's some crowds where when you're watching on TV like Chicago, they're just hot for just about everything. But the Atlanta crowd didn't seem to be that into it. So, I mean, you were there, so you would have a better a better feel. But, um, you know, you mentioned the card. We both felt that specifically the main event was lackluster on many levels. And everything I've heard from different shows and things that we follow and watch is pretty much everybody grades it what you said about a six or a seven. And they felt that, um, you know, that the pay-per-view, the main event wasn't that great. But, um the main event, I don't really, I don't have so much of a problem with the main event, and, I, and a lot of that came down to timing, and, uh, and I wrote about it yeah. in the column on WrestleZone, and, and for those of you that watched uh, Chair Shot uh, this week, you're going to hear, you know, I'll go into the elaboration, but basically it was a time, you know, I mean, they got, you know, it was a double count out, you know, obviously the first, you know, faulty ending, and that was, at, you know, with five minutes left to go, and then as soon as The Rock said we're going to start things back up, the scene is just 
jumped at her feet because you know, uh, Mike Chioda leaned down to him and said, hey, we're, we're running short on time here. So, I mean, I don't really – the main event, I think, uh, was just – I think that was sadly uh, – and that's why you always – that's why you always go light on the front end. That's why you always make sure everybody follows their time as hard as possible because you do not want to get to the point where the main attraction that everybody paid or the bulk of people pay to see is being rushed and not executed properly. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. Um, and, and it's something that we didn't think about because we were watching it. We were actually going to do a post show that night, and I kept moving it back because I'm like, wow, is this, is this show even going to end at 11 o'clock? And finally it did about 10.59. But um, the pay-per-view overall kind of seemed like when you include the next 10 in Raw, they're setting up WrestleMania 28 with WrestleMania 27. Um, you know, the rock scene and everything like that. Overall, you know, considering you take that into Raw, um, do you think it was worth it to do the way that they did WrestleMania, the way that it ended, the way that Raw was? Like I said, it's basically setting up a prequel to next year's WrestleMania? Well, uh, if they do end up fighting in a year from now in Miami, uh, I don't have a doubt that it will be financially successful and that it's going to do great. But yeah. my problem is a lot of things that could happen between now and then uh, that could prevent that from taking place. And the other thing is, you know, uh, it's a little bit of bad. I mean, you know, I mean, it could be a good payoff in, in a year from now, but it's kind of to me, I look at it as bad business now. You know, you you, you promote The Rock being involved in WrestleMania now for the last what was it, you know five six weeks. Uh, and people are, you know, buying the pay-per-view. They're buying the merchandise. They're turning into Raw each week. They're buying live event tickets. You know, they're doing all this business for you, expecting to get some type of a conclusion at WrestleMania. Now, I mean, obviously, we knew that things could go past WrestleMania and, yeah. and such. But I mean, I mean, did you really? I mean, I, I never thought we'd seriously have to wait. You know, I mean, I predicted. You know, I said in writing, you know, a column months ago or weeks ago. You know, okay, I could maybe see the SummerSlam, maybe, and even yeah, that's a yeah. long time to wait. But I could yeah, maybe definitely. see April to August. But I mean, a year. That's 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 that's. I mean, you know, and, and we have two matches already. We have Rock Cena, and, and, and it's going to be Triple H Undertaker. But we have two matches. I mean, you know, how am I? Well, how do I care? How am I supposed to care? Much less anybody else. How am I supposed to care about what John Cena does between now and then? Because whoever he feuds with, Sheamus, uh, Miz, whoever, it doesn't matter because I want to see him at Rock. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that uh, we have Justin on tonight from WrestleZone because I, um, at least, to prove to me and to DG Justin that uh, we were not, you know, we weren't overcritical on this whole situation because honestly, they could have definitely had Cena Rock. This year at WrestleMania, they they had enough time. Rock came back to the WWE on February 14th, and they could have definitely shifted the Miz to fight somebody else, uh, like a John Morrison, for example. Now, do you uh, think? Go ahead, sir. Uh, well, I, I I think if anything, if anything, you insert the Rock and make it a triple threat, or you somehow have the Rock pull WrestleMania nine, like I think I said last week, and, and somehow he gets the belt. With Hogan, yeah. That makes WrestleMania worth it. That makes you feel like, whoa, okay, you know, at least you, a, a the Rock's in a match officially, or he somehow. Angles his way in the match. You don't take the Miz out of. You don't. I mean, the Miz, the Miz has done nothing wrong. So you, you definitely don't punish him for it. But uh, yeah. What'd you think of? Uh, I mean, speaking of the Miz, what'd you think of that video package for him? I loved it. Uh, it's funny you guys mentioned that. Well, that's something um, you know, I know we'll talk about on Chair Shot this week. Um, Josh and I looked right at each other right when that when we we're in the arena and watching that, and that was. Um, it kind of killed it a little bit for, for us that. The, fact that uh, John Cena had one as well because Cena really didn't need one anymore. He's been this is what his like ninth main event at WrestleMania, so he didn't really need uh, he didn't really need uh, didn't really need a video package. But uh, the Miz one absolutely 
uh, fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny you mentioned uh, you mentioned the video package for Cena because I was listening to another show on Sirius, and one of the guys who called in from the South said that John Cena is the only man who could get a church choir booed in the heart of uh, of the South, you know, in Atlanta. And, and I thought that was a great comment. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, you know, he's over here talking, DMX is talking about Jesus, and, you know, he's, it's basically a prayer. And I'm like, man, you can't, you can't turn Cena heel after this. So... You know, the the heel turn didn't happen, which some of us were hoping, but most likely it wasn't going to happen. I, I held out that that glimmer of hope, but you know, the way that the, the the way that the main event turned out and everything, like you said, Joe and I were talking on Tuesday. How the hell do you get people amped up a year in advance? You know, now we have to wait a year. Rock won't be back probably for eleven months or ten months or whatever the case is. I mean, what what it, what is John Cena going to do between well, now and then that's going to make us care at all? Well, let me say that first off. I, first off, I was pissed about the whole choir thing. As you said, uh, you know, he gets the choir booed in the middle of the, the middle of the Bible Belt South, and then later that night, that's that, that Sunday night, I tried to go out to a bar, and I didn't realize that in, in Atlanta, because of the Bible territory, the bars close on Sundays at midnight. So that was pretty screwed up. So that wow. was my first problem with that one. And secondly, um, the, the only way the only way that you can keep people excited and such is for as John Cena, you know goes about his business for the next year, and I'm sure he'll be in a title feud during this next year, is you have The Rock keep showing up at Rampage. You have him, you know, have him show up at a SummerSlam. Have him unannounced, or maybe announced briefly, have him show up and basically cost, you know, and just screw John Cena just to keep toying with him, just to keep saying, I'm coming for you, and eventually, I'm, eventually it's going to happen. That, that's the only way you can really make it work in my mind, is you keep having The Rock, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe four times in the next year just having to show up. Maybe 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 four too many. Maybe three. Yeah. And if he okay. yeah, if he if he doesn't show up then we'll just have to wait until <laughs> April Fool's because I think uh <laughs> WWE were the fools that we have to wait a full year to watch these two guys wrestle. And we're wow. assuming that there's gonna be no sequel to the Truth Fairy and that he won't be busy. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now Justin that's the other point. Point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> The other marquee match was, you know, Triple H against Undertaker. I mean, what did you think? Was it as good as um, people are saying? I mean, I thought it was a, a match that had a lot of different spots. Like, uh, I hit your move five times and you hit my move five times. And, you know, we end uh, we end with Triple H tapping out. I mean, what did you think overall? I mean, that's exactly what it was. I, I was fine with it. Um, you know, they, they knew, I think they knew uh, that they knew that they could not compete with what Undertaker and Sean did for those two, these last two years. They knew, I mean, partially because, you know, HBK is just one of a kind, and I think because both of their bodies just couldn't really go to that pace. So, I mean, it was a spot, not, uh, I don't necessarily want to use the phrase spot fest, but I guess in a way it's what it was. It was, kind of, it, was, it was kind of like a roller coaster. It was build, 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 you know, big spots at the table. Uh, and then we die down. Build, 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 head of pedigree. Die down, build, 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 build uh, <laughs> into the tombstone. You know, it was, that's what it was, and then, then, that, then that, that was fine because there's so much emotion already in that match that it worked fine. You know, and actually, I think, I think, it, I think it went fine, and, uh, and 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 I think it lived up to the hype. And 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 if you're looking for a WrestleMania moment out of this, out of this, uh, out of the, out, of, out of this year's, then I, I I just I'm just now tonight getting to go back and actually watch the pay-per-view version and see how the camera cuts were and and the facial expressions that H had after. You know, 
hitting pedigree after pedigree after tombstone and take her kicking out. Uh, you know, those are type those are those were you know, that that was a WrestleMania moment. That was a yeah, that was a special feeling. So uh, I, I'm all for that match. I think both did a great job, uh, all things considering. Yeah, I agree that uh, I agree that it, you know that in that aspect it was good. It's just like the beginning. It looked like Triple H got hurt. I mean, we thought he broke his wrist at the beginning of it, but at the end, Taker. I've never seen. I mean, literally in my my whole life watching wrestling, I've never seen the Undertaker carted off the way that he was. Uh, do you think that he was legit? I know they talked about the unprotected chair shot, and supposedly they got fined according to the, the WWE. But do you think he was legitimately hurt at the end, or was he just trying to sell the match? Because I've never seen Taker sell a match like that at Mania or any other pay per view. Well, um, I can't say for sure whether it was legit or whether it was a work. I will say that if it was a work, it was a good idea because it, it helped sell Triple H. And Triple H just got beat, but it helped sell that he took take the limit. I personally believe that actually was legitimate, and uh, and um, and the reason being is because uh, that stage there at WrestleMania, that, that entranceway, uh, there was steps coming out of the stage, and that's how the guys, you know, how they'd walk up on the stage. Well, there was obviously yeah. a ramp for that entrance for those stairs. Uh, because that ramp uh, was used to get Del Rio's car up on the stage. Well, they, it seemed they apparently uh, put that ramp away and with the intention of not needing to use it the rest of the night after the Del Rio car spot was done. Well, because then when Taker was then, after the match was over, obviously he didn't do his normal uh, pose and didn't do his normal raise the hand and the thunderbolts go off. Uh, and you could even see H, which again, could have been really good acting. Both are extreme professionals, but H kind of had some... He kind of wallowed back and forth, wasn't sure whether he was supposed to go over to Taker, shake his hand, what he was supposed to do. After H leaves, Taker again is still just laying there, and it's seen it's seen that what as I was watching the as I'm watching the production crew on the other end of the arena, I can see them racing around, and they finally get this ramp put down, and they, all of a sudden I see this you know part that looks like it's from Major League Baseball bullpen, you know, yeah, it yeah. comes flying out with a stretcher on it, and so just by the timing, be the fact they already shortened time. Uh, the time of how long it went, watching the production guys scatter around and, and the confusion, it, it seemed uh, pretty legit that, you know, that, that he just could not make the long walk back and, and, and he needed to be helped out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, definitely. We thought he was injured because, again, I've never seen Taker sell like that. And, um, you know, but moving on to, you know, as we, as we close out here, um, what did you think of the uh, the opener? I personally did not like the fact that the World Heavyweight title was, was opening up the match. I mean, the, you know, the match was good and it was exciting and stuff, but that's just my personal, you know, preference. Um, why do you think that they didn't pull the trigger on a Christian heel turn? And, uh, you know, one more comment. The ending itself was just kind of odd where Christian hands him the crowbar. He goes, destroys the car. Christian has a pipe in his hand, watches. I mean, I thought he was going to turn on the edge at that point, but I, I don't know. What did you think about that whole that whole scenario? Yeah, the ending was very TNA choreographed. I didn't really understand it. Uh, but it, it kind of, you know, the match I thought was great. I enjoyed the match. Um, the, the after bit, I, yeah, I thought it was just went too long. It was just kind of a waste. Um, I was okay with it being in the front. You know, it was unprecedented. Uh, I was okay with it. I mean, I think, um, I mean, obviously, I had a problem with it until the end of the match because I had a problem with it at first because I was like, I was really sold that Alberto Del Rio was going to win. So I had a problem with, yeah. as the match was started, I had a problem with the, with his big WrestleMania moment being on the very, you know, the very you know, front of the card. Uh, then to see that he lost and Edge retained, and there was no drama that took place, and Christian and Edge were still cool. Basically, nothing really big happened. Nothing really changed. I was okay with it being on the front, because I think it was a good little you know change of pace to start Mania. Why they didn't have a Christian uh, heel turn, uh, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I only imagine because they want to 
maybe builds some suspense going into extreme rules, uh, and maybe he does something there, uh, or maybe they maybe they want to kind of just build the con. I don't know, but um, yeah, I thought I, I thought that was going to happen as well. Again, you know, I was uh, I was really I was really swinging out and, and striking out on that one, but uh, nonetheless, uh, being that nothing really big happened, I'm fine with it being first. I think it's a good good little change of things. And then Justin, finally on just the um, you know the entertainment or to be honest with you, the lack of entertainment segment between, you know, <laughs> Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole. I mean, the match lasted, uh, we felt, way too long. Um, why do you think Cole won, and, and why are they continuing this feud? Well, the, uh, yeah, it was way too long, I agree. And it shouldn't, you know, Cole should not have any offense. He should have played cat and mouse for about a minute tops, and then Lawler gets his hands on him, and the crowd explodes for that first big bump that Cole takes. So, you know, Cole hadn't been touched his entire time. Um, so yeah, it was definitely too long, poorly done. I, I can only imagine he wins because then I figured, okay, well, they, they, they want to maybe put closure to it on Raw because this is a, a feud that's based on Raw and based on the commentators. Uh, and then when I went to Raw the next night and I see JR coming out, I'm like, okay, that's what they're going to do. They're going to end it, but they didn't. Um, nope. Maybe they wrap it up here in a few weeks again on Raw. They just wanted to continue it. And again, that, that one baffles me. I don't really have a good substantial answer to that. I think it was... Um, I think it was a waste of Lawler's, you know, mania moment, and I, and I think, yeah, you know, it was, it was it was totally just a big. You, you get rid of that match on the card, or, or you shorten it basically, uh, then you can fit Daniel Bryan and Sheamus on there, and you can also have the main event executed the way it's supposed to. Be. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, you could definitely have Sheamus and Bryan, and that whole eight-man tag match. I mean, it made, I mean, just oh, as wait. a side note, Justin, I, I mean, I, I couldn't even take the bathroom. Down. I couldn't even take the bathroom break. That's how short it was. I was really <laughs> upset about it. I mean, just as a side note, I don't even have this on my rundown to, to talk this about with you, but, um, you know, the, what they did to the core at WrestleMania and then for them to get beat up again the next day on Raw, I just, <laughs> I find the, the core just totally useless and, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you have them get beat in four minutes uh, on Mania and then they're supposed to be intimidating and come out and take yep. on two of the biggest names ever in the, in the, in the sport and Raw and they give me a break. Yeah. You know, it's just a, I don't know. <laughs> it's a crap fest. So glad that you came on. Tonight, I, mean, I basically, I don't, I, I, uh, I basically think the core. Maybe, maybe we now know why the core is spelled with two R's. You know, ridiculous and and well, I was gonna say another one. I don't want to offend anybody, but it, it, it's two R's might explain the core. Well, I, I, I have the the acronym for that. It's uh, really retarded. That's well, that, that works too. Okay, thank you, Justin. As always, take it, Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us. Folks, remember to check out his articles on WrestleZone.com and watch his entertaining and informative show, Chair Shot Reality, along with his partner, Josh Eisenberg. Justin, thank you so much, sir. Not a problem, guys. I'm going back to sleep. I'm still in Atlanta. Uh, uh, I'm on <laughs> Atlanta car lag, it feels like. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Have a good night. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Later. Well, that was the one and only member of the Pure Gold team, practically, Justin Mabar. Um, you know, giving us his take on WrestleMania, and you know, I have to admit, I'm—I didn't want to overkill. It. I didn't want—I mean, Justin came on last Thursday. I'm thinking, all right, we're asking him to come on again. You know, are we overkilling it? But the fact is that I'm glad that he came on before and after, because we got to hear his take, what he thought WrestleMania would be, and then afterwards we got to hear—you know what? He agreed with most of what we said, so we're not alone. You know, for a while, Joe and I thought we were the last two outlaws or whatever hell you want to call it. But, man, we took a dump on WrestleMania, and I'm glad to see that Justin pretty much felt the same way. It was average. It wasn't great. And I love the fact that he hated the core thing. Um, I actually thought he was going to come on and say, yeah, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but he hated it. You know, he didn't come up with really retarded, but, Joe, you coined that phrase. So I'm glad that we were able to, you know, uh, just flush this 
tear it down the toilet because that's exactly what that segment was and a couple of the other ones. So, again, it's nice to see that, uh, you know, we're not alone on that there. It, it definitely was. I mean, not only it was good to have Justin on to preview the show, like you said, but then to have him on afterwards, he was there live. So we were watching it from, like, the TV view, and he was watching it as a live fan. So it's good to always get that take, too. Um, I was kind of surprised that he ranked it a 6 out of 10. I mean, I personally ranked it, like, between a 3 and a 4 because I thought it was that bad for a WrestleMania. If it was a normal pay-per-view, maybe I'd give it a, a 5 or 6. But for WrestleMania, i give it a 3 because I expect so much more, DG. Yeah. What do you think? I, no, I agree with you, but, I mean, I wouldn't get rated that low. But I think that the truth is that the reason we didn't like it – is there was so much garbage going around. Mania could have been so much better. It could have been so much bigger. It could have been if they had cut some of those stupid segments. We talked about this on Tuesday. You know, we have a lot of other stuff to get into. Baseball. Thank God, baseball is back. I'm just so you know. I'm I'm, I'm gonna when I, we sign off. I'm gonna like, thank God again for the fact that baseball is back because it allows us to move away from a lot of wrestling talk and not to turn off our wrestling fans. But the truth is that after WrestleMania is over, things seem to die down. I mean, Extreme Rules. Uh, who cares about Extreme Rules? Like Justin said, you know, I honestly thought that we were the only ones feeling this whole one-year ridiculous stipulation between now and next WrestleMania. April Fool's, folks. April Fool's. The WWE is going to fool us like a bunch of jerks that we are. To set up a match a year in advance, are you kidding me? How am I supposed to care about this considering it's not – if it was money in the bank, see, if it was money in the bank, I can understand that because you're building the title shot. Bam, you're going to get – I'm want. i going to see you next year. Of course, there's no guarantee that, you know, uh, that person's going to have the title. But the whole one-year thing is just stupid, Joe. It, you know, I hate it. It makes no sense. WWE – oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard this, but – the, they've rebranded themselves again, you know, where it all starts again and again. They're no longer World Wrestling Entertainment, but they're strictly WWE. Of course, we know what that means, but um, they want to stay away from the whole wrestling thing. I, I don't know why Vince just doesn't shut down the WWE and, you know, do do horrible movies and do other terrible things because how do you go away from wrestling? How do you want not want people to say wrestling? Your guys wrestle. That's what it's called. That's what they do in the ring. They don't... They're not sports entertainers. They're wrestlers, you know, and uh, don't don't get me started. It makes me want to throw up. I'm surprised that they don't call the WWE Worldwide Entertainment. I mean, they should just get rid of the rest. If Vince is so helpful, they should just call it Worldwide point. Entertainment, you know? You're right. You're right, because that would make more sense than what they're doing now. But you know what, JB? Enough about this turtle. Unless you have anything else you'd like to add, uh, let's put wrestling in the rearview mirror so we can uh, move on to some other things, sir. Yeah, just uh, who sponsored this little segment, sir? Folks, this segment was sponsored by KublaSoccer.com. Kubla Soccer, if you're into soccer, come to us for the best in soccer shirts. And I can attest to the fact, check out their website, awesome shirts, awesome designs. Whoever designed those things is, is spot on, great graphic designer. We have soccer T-shirts for footballistas worldwide. Check us out at K-U-B-L-A Soccer.com. Sir? Thank you, sir. Um, I know you have on this uh, on our rundown. We're going to be talking some Mets recap. But yes, sir. Uh, is, is Todd by chance on hold? <laughs> Todd is always on hold. Todd is our slave when it comes to Todd's take and when it comes to the sports update, sir. I, I would like to get to Todd's take, sir. Let's do it before his battery dies out. <laughs> Definitely, so, folks. It's ten twenty-seven. It's time for the sports update with Todd and his take. Brought to you by Pompton Dental Arts. Are you looking for an honest dental dentist? I think DG is now a happy customer. Then contact Pompton Dental Arts, located at 435 Ringwood Ave in Pompton Lakes. 
You can expect a warm, caring family atmosphere where Drs. Ryan Zukowski and Dr. Lauren Souch will take care of you and your entire family dental health. Call 973-835-0702 for an appointment today or visit their website at PomptonDentalArts.com. Once again, that's PomptonDentalArts.com. And when you go in, please mention Pure Gold. Without further ado, it's time for the sports update. Todd, how are you, sir? I am great. How are you guys doing tonight? Back from the wilds of uh, Providence, Rhode Island, with a full, <laughs> fully charged battery, I might add. Nice. <laughs> so, in the NBA, let's start with the NBA because that's the quickest hit tonight. Uh, the Blazers tip off uh, in about three minutes against the Jazz. The Bulls, Mute. sadly, are pull, Mute. pulling away from the Celtics in the, uh, the closing moments. <laughs> That's all right, because I'm going to hit you with another one. The Rangers get thrashed tonight by Atlanta, 3 nothing. Oh, and, nice. uh, the hopes, their nice. hopes of making the playoffs are slipping away as they face the Devils tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, Avalanche are losing to the Stars in the end of the second. Canadians and the Senators, the Senators win in overtime. And the Wild and Canucks are just underway, and there is no score in that. In Major League Baseball, more sad news. Oh, the Mets just got beat up today. Oh, it was just ugly. I don't even want to talk about the score. Moving on. It was a football score, right? <laughs> it was like a football score. White Sox over the Rays. Unfortunately, the Yanks also won today, again, over the Twins. Uh, A's over the Jays. The uh, the Sox lost to the Indians. I guess that's the uh, the one bright spot in today's sports update. Oh, please. Uh, Orioles over the Tigers. Astros over the Reds. Rockies over the Pirates. Brewers over the Braves, and the uh, Nats and Marlins are tied midway through the 11th inning, so we got extra innings. And uh, just a little note on the Masters, because it seems to be a big deal. Everybody's making such a big deal about it. Uh, yes. Alvaro Quiros and Rory McIlroy are tied at minus seven. Ooh. And Phil Mickelson. Wait, are, are you Rory, doing golf? Seriously? Yes, I am doing golf. Seriously. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, ESPN thinks it's a big deal, so it must be a big deal. I don't know. Bill Mickelson is way, way back in the pack at minus two. And that's your sports update, J.D. Thank you, TJ. I I appreciate that Masters update because I do enjoy that one tournament. Actually, I enjoy the Masters and the U.S. Open. That's the only tournament I actually watch. All right. Without further ado, it's time for Todd's take. So, Todd, sir, take it away. Well, if you guys have been paying attention to the, the news at all over the past few days, it seems to me that the world is just undoing itself. Uh, Japan suffered another 7.4 earthquake today. Uh, our own government is on the verge of shutting down because of ideologic bickering over what our tax revenue should be spent on. Uh, there are two new strains of antibiotic-resistant superbugs called CRKP that have been discovered. Uh, an out-of-control eight-year-old student in Colorado was pepper-sprayed by local Denver police. Nice. Uh, Eleven children were shot to death in Brazil as a gunman roamed the halls, lining children up against the walls and shooting them, Who and this guy actually later fell down the f- a flight of stairs and shot himself in the head. So I suppose it's a happy ending to that one. Um, <laughs> Libyan soldiers uh, are, are massacring their own people in the streets, in the middle of all this, when society seems to be on the brink of undoing itself, a 10-year-old boy, after visiting Mickey Mantle's restaurant in Manhattan recently, bought the displayed Super Bowl ring of one William the Refrigerator Perry 
of the famed Super Bowl Twenty champion 1985 Chicago Bears, one of the most historic, historic teams of all time. Uh, the kid's name was Cliff Forrest. He took $8,500 out of his college fund to buy this ring, which shortly afterwards Forrest contacted Perry and gave it back to him. This kid bought this ring, $8,500, and gave it back to William Perry. Wow. Uh, Perry had uh, recently been diagnosed with uh, Gillian-Barr syndrome and felt that Perry might take some solace in having his ring back. So just when Mother Nature is ripping the planet apart, your fellow man is perpetrating the ultimate evil on the weak and helpless, a 10-year-old boy shows us that an act of compassion, no matter the cost, is the right thing to do. Now, I'm not saying that we should, you know, cough up our life savings to go buy Super Bowl rings out of, out of hock for down-and-out former NFL players, but perhaps the example that this fine young man has set to do something selfless for your fellow man should be taken. I'm Todd Johnstone. JB? Wow, that that was definitely a good spin on a miserable couple months here on Earth. And let me just mention, it's one year, eight months, 12 days, 21 hours, 27 minutes, and one second till 2012, just to let you know. Uh, shut up. Would you please shut up? You know what? The best thing about that segment with Todd was that, A, that I was going to use that as a nugget, so he stole that from me, and B, um, the, the William Refrigerator Perry was most famous, not for winning the Super Bowl, but for being a part of the WrestleMania II Battle Royal. I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> oh, and All by the way, the WrestleMania. Yeah. You, when, you, when you said the disease, I wasn't sure what, what you were talking about, and then I remembered an episode of House that I used to watch with my wife until uh, basically House said, you know, you shouldn't eat pork for X reasons, and now my wife forbids me to eat pork. But... Uh, I believe that the that the disease is Guillain-Barre, and uh, when I heard I was like, man, what, what is Todd talking about? But it clicked in my head, and, you know, of course, House, you, you learn all types of things from House, so I just thought I'd throw that out there. But, Todd, we, we appreciate your take. It was uh, it was definitely different, and, uh, you know, it was it was a good story. You know, usually you're miserable and, and horrible, and, you know, you just ruined my day, but, uh, you know, thanks for uplifting it for once. Trying to bring a little sunshine into an otherwise miserable life. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Have a good night, guys. Folks, that was the one and only uh, Todd Johnstone, a member of the Pure Gold team. Oh, I forgot to tell Todd that we need to get some uh, some photos of him so that we can put it up on the website because, uh, you know, we've been adding uh, with our crack staff. We've been adding the Pure Gold team as one of the pages. And, you know, there's a picture of myself up there. There's a picture of JB. There's a picture of our media director. Whatever the hell his title is now, we fired him so many times and keep rehiring him. We got to get Todd up in there and uh, you know make sure he's uh, awake for that one. But uh, JB, uh, can we move on to some uh, wonderful baseball talk? We can. I just want to mention before you get into that, it's like amazing how two days can like just change your perspective on baseball. Honestly, I mean the Mets were playing seven fifty <laughs> ball, seven fifty oh, ball two days ago. Then they were playing six hundred ball after yesterday. And then today they're playing 500 ball, just where we expected them to finish, right around the 500 mark, DG. So without further ado, recap me with the Mets. Without further ado, do um, you know, I, I, I started writing my notes before I realized that the Mets are playing in the middle of the day today and they were going to suck it up. They were going to be complete scum and get owned by Roy Halladay, and they lost, of course, 11 to nothing. But, uh, you know, the Mets are 500 now. And, you know, I was thinking about this, all right. The Mets, if you had told me, if you had told me, right, that the Mets were going to lose opening day, which they typically own, and they almost got no hit. If you were going to tell me that they were going to get dominated by Rahali, and you were to tell me that they were going to be 
losing by seven, tie the game up, and then still lose that game, I would have guaranteed, after two series, of course, I would have guaranteed 0-6. But the fact that the Mets are three and three gives me hope for something. It gives me hope for the Mets finishing one game above 500, and it gives me hope for the fact that you know what, it's going to be an interesting season because the Mets have been uh, not—I wouldn't say up and down per se—but you know what, last night showed me something. Today they came out like a bunch of gutless cowards, but then again, who whoever hits against Roy Halladay, um, you know they bested by the cheesesteaks last night, ten to seven. Uh, they were getting blown out, like I said, at seven to nothing. They came back to tie it, and then they gave it back up again. They they lost by three. Um, before we continue with that, the winning pitcher of last night's game was Anthony Bastardo. JB, how would you like to have that name? <laughs> how would you like that to be your last name? Instead of Uchino, folks, if Joe Just Business Bastardo joining us on the... <laughs> that, that, that would actually be really, really, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your dad wouldn't think that, but that, that, would, that would be great. Um, you say you're a real Bastardo, but... That that I've never in my until this guy came on the scene I never heard of that. Could you imagine that? I, I, that would be almost like being named like Morano or Idiota <laughs> or something like that, you know, or Stupido, you know. So I just thought I threw that out there because we've had so many conversations about his last name. But you know, Mike Pelfrey scummed it up again. He gave up seven stinking runs, threw the ball away. JB, what is Pelfrey's problem? Is the fact that he's not licking both hands enough? What's the deal with Mike Pelfrey? Can you explain it to me, sir? Yeah, I mean, like Evan Roberts said, and folks, we're talking Mets baseball finally. We're not talking wrestling anymore. So, any Woo! Mets fans out there, any any Mets fans out there, please call seven one four three six four four seven two one. Let's uh, you know, let's get some Mets roundtable talk going. Yeah, because, don't jump you know, off the bridge, folks. Don't jump off the yeah. bridge just yet. But call call us before you do. Yeah, but um, like Evan Roberts said a couple weeks ago when we had him on re- regarding Mike Pelfrey, he's definitely an enigma. He's a mystery to me, to every Mets fan. I mean, two years ago he sucked. Last year he did actually really good. And this year he doesn't even look like he's a Major League Baseball pitcher anymore. I mean, I don't know if the guy needs a psychologist and then another psychologist to see the psychologist to make sure that other psychologist is to tell him the right thing because he definitely needs a sports psychologist. I mean, this guy, is it's all mental because with this guy, he's got the tool, he's got the, you know, he's got the body. He could be a really good pitcher. And, you know, he's really supposed to step it up while Johan Santana is out on the DL. And he is far from being an ace. He's far from being a number two. He's far from being a number three right now. He's lucky to be a number four, number five on a good team, DG. You're you're absolutely right. And the Mets, unfortunately, are not a good team, at least at this point. You know, it's a shame because out of all the Mets pitchers, he has been the absolute worst. You know what? He's 0-1 after two games. His ERA is 15.63. He's only pitched six innings. I mean, this guy's supposed to be their de facto ace. So what kind of season can we really look for if the guy who really does have the most, there's no doubt he has the most talent on the, on the staff in terms of starting pitching because Johan is out doing who knows what on a golf course with who knows who. But this is not the start of the season that we wanted for Mike Pelfrey, you know, for 2011. We talked about Jason Bain being injured and stuff, but, man, Joe, what's going to happen if Pelfrey continues to scum it up like this? You know, what kind of season can we really expect from the Mets? Yeah, I mean, we could honestly expect a less than 80-win season if the, if Mike Pelfrey is going to resort to the Mike Pelfrey of two years ago. I mean, I was banking on the fact that Mike Pelfrey was going to have a back-to-back, you know, good year. I mean, honestly, I really thought that he was going to take what he learned from last year and just, you know, 
have another solid year this year. And then it kind of upsets me that even, you know, another pitcher, you might have this on your notes, but it upsets me that John Neese had a bad day today too. I mean, this guy has the tools. He's a left-handed pitcher. I mean, DG, I mean, I know that Palfrey is uh, the supposed ace until Johan comes back, but, you know, John Neese hasn't been that good either. No, he hasn't, but the truth of the matter is that other than that, that uh, almost no hitter that he threw last year. I mean, Nice has talent, but he's been kind of up and down. You know, he he doesn't have the dominating stuff that Pelfrey does. Pelfrey, Pelfrey has it. If Pelfrey starts licking his hands, licking his butt, licking his you know whatever his fingers, I don't know what the hell this guy does. But the fact is that he's not getting the job done, and it's a little disconcerting because again, you know, Pelfrey is supposed to be the guy. He, out of the five of them, we thought that we were going to be able to count on Pelfrey, but he's the one guy you tried out there. Now you're kind of worried. And again, I don't want to jump off a bridge. It's only two games. Let's be real. You know, it's, it's only six games into the season. He's only pitched two games, but he has looked absolutely atrocious. There's nothing redeeming. You know, I was listening to Boomer and Carton this morning, as I do, you know, before I change the channel in the morning. But um, yeah. They were they were talking about how the, the most I think Carton said that the most useless stat ever is how many uh, pitches are thrown you know swing and misses and I think he has two he's thrown two so far this year two in the whole game and you know they're they Boomer and Carton were saying that you got to pitch the contact and stuff which is true but man I'm just not looking forward to to Pelfrey's next start you know I, last night when um, you know I was I was actually uh, taking care of some business as it were. And one of my buddies and I were looking at the scoreboard, and we were like, he's like, hey, look, the Mets are tied 7-7. Seven seven. He said, who's pitching tonight? And I'm like, no, it can't be Pelfrey. I thought it was Capuano. And unfortunately, it was Pelfrey. So I'm hoping that Mike turns it around, and, you know, this isn't the start of an ugly season. But, uh, you know, let's get into a, a couple of positive things here. Um, for the most part, the Mets seem to be hitting. Today, again, you're, you're against Holiday. You can't really say anything because he's the best pitcher on the planet. Um and he's the RoboCop of pitching, basically. But the Mets have been hitting. You know, they scored six runs, then nine, then seven, you know, two games in a row. So this team, they're really not – they're not full of all-stars. They're not full of, you know, the best guys on the planet. If everybody was healthy and, and available, yeah, they'd have a pretty good lineup. But, you know, David Wright's got five RBI. Ike Davis, my favorite man, has six, which, of course, is nice to see. You know, uh, Wright has shown some clutch hitting so far, which is nice. But, uh, JB, any thoughts on the Mets' offense? Yeah, what's what's good about the Mets this year is that yeah they've been hitting and they've been scoring a lot of runs. But what's you know the uh, the the downside to be honest with you as a, the Mets as a whole is that last year they pitched really well and they had no offense. This year it seems like their pitching is going to be a question mark and their hitting is going to be good. And once they get Bay back, I don't see why this offense doesn't even improve even more. I mean, it's early, and uh, I think DG as a Mets fan we have to take it either. Series by series, or take the the baseball season in stretches, like uh, a 15 game stretch, or even a, a play it by month. Because if you asked me, um, you know, after six games against the Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies on the road, I think three and three is pretty much what we would have hoped, or realistically, you know, have seen. And the, the Mets are three and three now, going back to um, you know City Field. Um, for their home opener on tomorrow night. Yeah, well, that 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 was my whole point at the beginning when I started talking about the Mets is the fact that you know what this team they're three and three they're not the the, the truth is Joe the Mets couldn't win a series on the road last year until midway through the season that's horrible but you know what they won they beat the they beat the uh, what do they call the Marlins which is good because the Marlins typically own them especially lately they had a bad opening day but they were able to bounce back win three in a row now they lost two in a row you know what. 
Uh, yesterday, at least it showed you that the Mets aren't gutless. You know, it showed you the Mets have some life in them. To be down seven to nothing and ever come back, yeah, they lost. But to, the fact that they were down by seven runs and then they came back and tied it and got Puffrey off the hook, you know, it showed something about this team. The Mets are the type they're going to double you and single you and triple you to death. They're not going to hit a, a ton of home runs, at least not yet, with Bay you know, not being healthy and Beltran not being healthy per se. But you know what? It, it's good to see that much. T- today's game definitely put a damper on all my notes, but. You know, the fact is that, uh, you know, again, Wright has been good. You know, it's nice to see the Mets, for the most part, have not been struggling for runs. But do I have confidence that they're going to keep up hitting like this? No, because honestly, you know, and I'm sure you would agree with this, Joe, um, the honest answer is you can't have confidence in them, not yet. They got off to a 500 start, you know, whatever. That's better than they did last year. And the truth is that the cynic in me sees this as smoke and mirrors, but I'm going to try to enjoy it as much as possible. You know, I, I want the Mets to prove me wrong and actually be good this year, sir. Yeah, I mean, uh, my pro- my pro- not my producer, but one of my uh, crack staff friends was able to secure two tickets. So Did you say crackhead get- friends? Yeah, crackhead friends um, that okay. gives blood once in a while and uh, gets free Mets tickets because of it. I'm actually going to be donating them to my good partner DG and DG. It'd be good to give you uh, get a good take on on Tuesday night when we do our show because you'll be at the game Monday night against the Rockies. Yeah, it'll be nice to go, and you know, of course, not paying for it is even better. But you know, I've changed my tune a little bit, and I don't want to you know seem like I'm not a man of my word because of course I am. But the truth is, when you get free tickets, you can't pass them up. I'm taking my wife to the game, which is exciting. I'm um, taking my unborn child to the game, too, which will be his first Mets game. <laughs> but, you know, the truth of the matter is that I'm a, I'm a little excited about the season because, again, baseball, I love baseball. It's just, you know, my dad used to take us to baseball games. My birthday's in the middle of June, so we'd always go. I'd see my name on, on the scoreboard, and that was always my, my biggest childhood memory. What I love the most about, you know, my dad is that. It's baseball. It's the fact that he's always been able to, He's always been able to, you know, he's always able to take me to the games, and I'm such a big fan of the New York Mets, and I've suffered, and I've cried, and I've been upset, and I've thrown things, and I've gotten nuts, and I've punched cats, and I've kicked dogs, because that's the way that we were raised. Not that my dad taught me to abuse animals, but I don't want PETA coming after us and shutting us down. But the truth Peter? is that... What did you say, sir? I said PETA or PETA King? Yeah. No, not not Peter King, Peter, the people oh, for the ethical Peter. treatment of animals. I mean, the fact okay. that this is probably our last show after I made that comment. But, you know, I, I just grew up as such a huge baseball fan, and I love the sport. I love watching it. I love being a part of it. I love going to the game. I love using the bathrooms in City Field. Like, I don't care anything. Going to Shake Shack, waiting online for an hour and not getting anything. That's what baseball is all about. It's about, you know, the, the, the smell of the pine and the ball, you know, hitting somebody in the face in the stands. And, you know, Ike Davis tomahawking pitches like he's cutting down trees and Mike Pelfrey licking his hands and, you know, striking people out and Jonathan Neese throwing curveballs that start from his waist and go above his head, a 360-degree counterclockwise rotation. That, sir, is what baseball is all about, and I love it. But I want to be confident. I want to be happy. I want to try to not get down. I want to say the season is not over just yet. You know, we're going to hope that Jason Bay is going to come back and be a shadow again of his former self. We're going to hope that Carlos Beltran – he looks good at the plate, and I really wish this was softball because he could hit the ball, I think I mentioned this the other day, and have somebody else run for him, you know. Um, what did you think about uh, Chris Young, sir? Because, I mean, that's foot ten beast of a man. I'm hoping he's, he's the Mets version of the big show as opposed to the great Kali or, of course, your personal favorite, Giant Gonzalez. Yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, he's definitely recovered from his operations or operations, 
So, I mean, anything you can get out of your number four, number five starters is always a plus. And I think that, yeah, he can be, you know, he might be the, the R.A. Dickey of last year, you know, DJ? No, I uh, I agree with that, sir. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that is the case. I'm hoping that he, he does a, a good job. I mean, Dickey pits well, too, which is great to see. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that the Mets are, you know, going back-to-back and belly-to-belly. He had three hits, you know, by the way, which is great to see. And it's awesome that the Mets are, uh, you know, again, three and three. It is what it is. But I'm hoping that this season, this year, really, you know, it pans out uh, well for us, sir. Any uh, any more comments on the Mets, sir, before we uh, move on? No, I figured, you know, we've we covered the Mets pretty well. They are three and three. Let's see what they do on, on this homestand. Again, tomorrow night they open the season at home against the Nationals, their first home opener. So, um, As opposed to what, their second home opener? Well, yes, the first home opener. Well, JB, we have uh, a call on the line. We, we'd like to get them on. Hi, you are live and on the air with Pure Gold. How you doing, boys? It's Mitch in Fort Lee. Oh, Mitch. Mitch. How you doing, sir? How we doing? How we doing? I was, uh, I was going to get something to eat. I didn't know you were going to stop your rant, Dave. I mean, you could probably talk for an hour and then go, okay, what's next? You know, I could I could feel the passion, the passion you have for the Mets. <laughs> well, that's always a good um, thing. I'm going, I'm going to the game tomorrow. So, oh, you are? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I really think and, the, and you um, didn't invite us? Mitch, day. you didn't invite your, your pure gold friends? What, what's going on? I didn't. No, I didn't. These, these are, someone came up with them. My brother came up with these tickets. So um, the last minute thing, I didn't plan on it, and uh, he called me yesterday and goes, "Oh, I, I got some tickets for the game." So you never, uh, never pass up opening day if you have an opportunity. That's true. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about going. So um, I love going to City Field and uh, and and seeing the Mets. And you know, I, I could hear, I heard you talking before. There's um, a history, you know, a history to being a Mets fan, and uh, and it means a lot more than it would for other teams, and, at least in my yeah. mind. And, and I'm a Mets fan because my dad was a Mets fan, and, and my dad was the type of guy that always rooted for the underdog. Cause you have yeah, mine too. If you, if you root for the guy that's always in first place, you know how hard is that? It takes right. something special to root for a team that's that's not always going to win. And the moments <laughs> that come or never wins. don't come very often, so you cherish them a lot more. That's true. It's 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 it's, it's important. Um, I, I wouldn't get too too high or too low. You know, we're 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 six games in. But let's see what happens. We've seen some some bright spots. We've seen some 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 dull spots. It's early. I, I like uh, I like the manager. I like he's being aggressive on the base paths. I think he's making these guys play. You know, I'm worried about Pelf, but eh, what are you gonna do? You never know what you're gonna get with him. It could be great. He could be. He could be. He could be nothing. So we'll, we'll see. It's early. Let's let's enjoy it. Let's let's see where we are, and you know, around about June first, let's let's start taking a hard look and worry. And, and if we're if we're we're in the game, we're, we're competing, then, then something's going to happen. If not, then it's not. You know, you, you'll know where you are by the All Star break. You, you know, and there's no there's no miracles left in in the the way the game is constructed today. So I, I think no, we'll that's definitely. But, uh, don't don't let the a game like today or, or yesterday. Because in spite of the rally, you know, you, you dropped, you're down seven nothing at one point, you know, and, and we got hammered today. So don't let that uh, ruin the whole season. It's, it's just two games. So I'm not happy about it, but it, it, don't let it, uh, don't let it kill no. you. It's just like when you when you win ten nothing, they'll go, okay, hey, here, here we come, you know, here comes the playoffs. Well, let's, let's take it each game by game and go from there. I agree with that. You know, and it's nice to see Terry Collins is a different manager than what we the last couple that we've had. He's a little fiery, which I like to see. Um, but 
you know, let me ask you, in these first six games, what, what do you – give me just two things. What do you like the most and what do you dislike the most? Just, again, a small sampling, like you said, and like Joe said, you can't go off six games. you got to give it some time. But what do you like the most about this team? What do you dislike the most so far out of what you've seen? I, I like the um, I like the, the the offense as far as uh, being aggressive, running double steal. I, I don't remember the other day when they double stole. I don't remember the last time the Mets did a double steal. It doesn't come to mind. And you look at teams that that win, they do it all the time. So I like yeah. that. The hitting's been been good. Uh, it's a reversal last year. The hitting's been good, except for today. I mean, they have to be yeah. they couldn't score any runs. Uh, hitting and scoring up until today was was pretty good, and and, uh, and the pitching's been. You know, it's, it's suspect. So uh, it was, which was a versa last year. The pitching was solid, and, and we couldn't score any runs. So uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to see that trend continue because yeah, this yeah. is not the team that that you had in in '06 and '07 and part of '08, where where the pitching was average, but the, the lineup would just beat the crap out of you. You know, you don't have that right now because um, you got some young guys in that lineup, and you got some veterans who who are while they can hit are not big power numbers. Right, can hit for power. I mean, I shoot yeah, at thirty yeah. last year, but. David, you know, yeah. Beltran's not what he was. Uh, I, I, you don't get anywhere without the pitching. So, I, would you love to see the hitting continue and the pitching get better? Yeah, but uh, I, I'm, I'm happy with the offense. I need the, the pitching needs to. Uh, Worthen's got to work some magic with some of these guys because, uh, you know, that, yeah. that's not going to cut it. What happened today? I was shocked. And he's Pelfrey. You expect it because he goes hot and cold. So he'll start hot and get cold. And now if he's starting cold this year, that means he's a hot streak coming. He'll reel off, you know, eight wins at one point this year. So. You know that's coming. Nice was always very consistent. He was always very confident, always very aggressive with his pitches. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised that they got to him today. Now, now, Mitch, you were saying how you could always um, tell where you are uh, at the All-Star break, and I agree with you at the All-Star break. But let me ask you this. I've asked this question to another guest on our show. Um, do you think if the Mets are within one or two games of the wild card, they will go out there and add a pitcher or a hitter? Um. I don't, because I think the financial situation is. Uh... Well, I mean, let me let me let me change that. I, I, they will if if they if they get a partner, because they've okay. already stated the money they're going to get. And it's at this point, it's not about the Wilpons' willingness to 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 spend. You you may love them, you may hate them, as long as they've owned the team. But in recent years, they've and, and there's been years when they've had terrible teams, yet they spent money. They haven't spent it wisely. So they've never been like the Pirates, who don't spend any money. You know, the Pirates right. are on their 18th losing season because they don't spend money. So you can't say the Wilpons don't spend money. Uh, they're in a tough spot right now. And they need a guy, Alderson's a guy, I think, to spend it wisely. So um, I, if if they can fix their finances by adding a partner, for whatever, I don't care what the stake is. I don't care who gets what or who's got what percentage or who's in control, who cares. Um, if they get that money, I, I think they'll go. And they're, and like you said, Joe, they're, they're there. They're within a couple games. They'll definitely make a trade. Okay. Right, I don't Mitch, think you have. Uh, then what are you what are you doing if you're not going? No, no that, that, that's definitely a good point, Mitch. And uh, you know, as always, we appreciate your call. We appreciate you uh, giving us your take and taking time out of your busy that's schedule. Important. Have a good night, yeah. and uh, of course, we'll. we'll <laughs> you're going. You guys <laughs> going tomorrow? What? I missed that. No, no, no. We're not, we're not going tomorrow. But uh, I'm, Joe actually gave me some free tickets that he stole from a friend. I mean, he got from a friend. So I'm going right. to Monday's game. The, the wife and I will be going to Monday's game, and you know. Going crazy and uh, screaming and probably yeah. I, I plan I plan to get ejected from the game so you know I'm hoping that uh, you know I, I can tell a story on Tuesday about how I spent Monday night in jail along with uh, and you uh, and leave your pregnant wife game <laughs> well no she'll she'll be with me we'll, we'll both get arrested that's the plan 
The plan is to have a story to tell to our kid, you know, when he's born. <laughs> ah, memories. <laughs> of course. Uh, Mitch, again, always a pleasure. Thanks for calling in, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll talk to you soon as, uh, as the season goes along. All right. Thanks, boys. Have a good night. Right, you thanks, too. Man. Take care. Let's go, Mets. That was the one, the one and only. Yep. <laughs> Let's go, Jets. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Steelers, Pirates, whatever, whatever Pirates. is going on. Uh, we, you know, Mitch is always, uh, you know, another part of the Pure Gold team. Mitch is actually our uh, errand boy. He goes out, gets us some, uh, you know, bagels and things when we need it. But you know, no, I'm just kidding, Mitch. Don't don't go crazy on me. Um, JB, you have any nuggets yeah. for us, sir? Because I have a couple of nuggets that I'd like to drop on you. Well, I want to segue into your nuggets saying that thanks, Mitch, for the call. And he did mention how you know it's always good to root for the underdog because you know the underdog only wins wins once in so many years. So. With that yeah. being the case, with that being the case, I am going to be starting to root for the 0-6 Boston Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if you could ever call the, at least at this point, anyway, the Red Sox being the underdog, but that actually is my next, uh, my, my first nugget. Folks, the Boston Red Sox are now 6-0 in Bizarro World. Uh, it's a great start by the Sox. I have to admit, uh, you know, I'm excited about the, their chances this year. Um, dripping with sarcasm, of course, as a... Uh, as Steve Summers would say. You know, I was talking to a Red Sox fan today who shall remain nameless, and I was telling this person, you know, she was about to, excuse me, this person was about to jump off a bridge, and I told them, don't do it. It's still early. The Red Sox apparently haven't got off, gotten off this bad of a start. You know, what I was told today was 1996, but that was before their sixth loss, so apparently like 19, it's been like 60-something years since the Red Sox have been 0-6. You know, I mean, does it really matter at the end of the day? The interesting thing about baseball at this time of the year is that the fact that the Sox are 0-6 puts them 12 games in the hole. What I mean by that is there are six games under 500. If they had won all six, they would be six games over. That's a a 12-game swing. So, you know, this person was really depressed, and it really just, just, just a sad state of affairs. But, you know, we're hoping, I'm hoping personally, that the Red Sox get their stuff together, and I believe that they will. It's way too early in the season to be talking about firing Terry Francona, Joe. And it's way too early to think that a team with so much talent isn't going to be able to turn it around. The fact is that I think the Royals a couple of years ago, one of the worst teams in baseball, they were off to like a 7-0, 8-0 start. So, uh, Joe, what do you think? you think uh, the, the Red Sox are done, or do you think they're going to come back and uh, you know have a good year with all the, the talent they have in this lineup? I know it's, it's cliche to say this, but I feel that the Red Sox – um, have to win the, at least a series, if not sweep the Yankees, because I think if the Yankees actually sweep the Red Sox, and that will be another three games uh, that they'll lose in the standings, and the, the Red Sox will be seven and a half games out only after two weeks of baseball, I think that the Red Sox must win this next series. I know that sounds really crazy to say, but I don't think you could fall back more than seven and a half games, DG, to the New York Yankees. Yeah, 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 you're right, Joe. I mean, considering there's only about 195 games left in the season, you're right. I mean, being down seven in the first week of the season, that that's it. Your season's over. Well, you know what? I'm gonna mute you. This Fitz, get this guy off the air. Just get him the hell off. But, it, the, yeah, but no, six, all I'm saying, six games, sir. Six games. All, all I'm saying is, if the if the Red Sox get swept by the New York Yankees, then it's gonna be very hard to win that division, being eight and a half games out of first place when no, the eight and a half games. Yeah, well, I, I think they're four and a half out now, and I don't know if it's a four-game series or what. Is it a four-game series? I think it is. Uh, no, it's a three-game series. The truth is, look, I understand what you're saying. If the Red Sox were to go out into the second week of the season and they're 0-15, you know, then, then I'm concerned. I honestly I have no doubt in my mind the Sox are going to win this series. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they sweep. I think they're going to turn around against the Skanks. I mean the Spanks. I mean the Yanks this weekend. They're going to get the job done. Enough is enough. We need to calm down. The Red Sox will be good. The fact is that they have animals, and I, they're not even human. Guys like Dustin Pedroia, Kevin Euclid with that disgusting beard of his. You have uh, Carl Crawford, who's an excellent ball player. You have Adrian Gonzalez. You know, Big Poppy's already lighting it up. These guys are going to start lighting up the scoreboard in no time. You know, they've been uneven so far because when they give up a lot of runs, they score less. When they don't give up, you know, any runs, they score even less than that. You know, I was looking at their, uh, I was looking at the schedule so far and the games they've played. You know, this is our expert analysis, folks. Of course, you know, experts that we are. Um, I, I have no doubt that the Red Sox will win this series this weekend, take the Yankees downtown to Chinatown. And for those of you Red Sox fans, including my, you know, our, our, my friend uh, over uh, wherever they are, I, I forget. Um, <laughs> the Sox are going to be okay. Season's not over. That. Yes, sir. Let me ask you. At 0-6, you're not concerned. Are you concerned at 0-7? I'm not con- no, I'm not concerned at 0-7. 0-8? 0-9? 0-9? Eh, I'm starting to get concerned. Look, Joe, the truth is that the, the Red Sox are not the Mets. The Red Sox have way too much talent. The Red Sox have talent in the starting rotation. The Mets have next to none. The Red Sox have one of the best, if not the best, lineups on paper in in baseball. Why am I going to be concerned? Again, if the if the Royals can start out 7-0, 8-0, and then end up being horrible and losing 150 games or whatever it is, why can't the Red Sox start at 0-6, 0-7, and then, you know, turn it around? The fact is that one hot streak, you know, they're they're back at 500, and then after that, you know, enough's enough. You make us all sick. They can turn it around. The Yankees are going to hit a schneid. What are they, like 4-2 now? I mean, oh, geez, 4-2. You know, the Red Sox win a couple games this weekend. Yankees lose a couple games. The Red Sox aren't behind by much. You know, I, I'm just – I think that it's – this is not football – if you're 0-6 in football, you're done. If you're 0-6 in baseball, eh, you know, you ha- you still have – the Sox can get high and win 25 games in May. You know, I'm not concerned about them. And, again, they're not the Mets where the Mets need to get off to a good start. The Mets have to get off to a good start, at least not be buried. If the Mets were 0-6, I'd say lock it up, throw away the key. Let's talk about football in August. But they're 3-3, three and three, sir. I just, you know, Francona's a great manager. He's proven it in his years in Boston. The Red Sox have won, you know – the Yankees don't concern me. I think that pound for pound, the Red Sox have more talent than the than the Yankees do. And you know what? It, bang, 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 Manny Pacquiao, bang. <laughs> that, that's that's the way that I see it. You know, you want you you want to throw some time. You, you want some? Come get some. The, the Red Sox. That's what they're thinking right now. They're drinking booze in Boston. They're they're who knows what they're doing. They're getting ready to destroy the Yankees this weekend. The juggernaut will be unleashed. Big Poppy will hit nine home runs this weekend. Lock it up. That's our PG lock of the week, sir. Nice. All right, what other nuggets you got? Because uh, my my nuggets are really for probably next week. I could save them for next week because the, <laughs> your, your nuggets are always for next week or for the week after or three months from now. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's the way you start, do it. That's when I start breaking down the NBA playoffs, and that's when you start eating like uh, a Johnny Knoxville bratwurst, and then you have no idea what I'm talking <laughs> about. So go ahead with your next nugget. Of course not. Hey, I'm not I'm not completely ignorant of basketball, right? I want to hear it. Speaking of which, my next nugget is actually about basketball. Um, oh, the Knicks won again last night, sir. Five in a row. They beat the 76ers. It is yeah. good. So it is great to see the Knicks finally off the Brian the Schneid winning five in a row and now being a whopping two games over 500, which the Red Sox will be if they win the next eight games in a row. Hopefully, fo- sir, folks, hopefully, sir, they'll make some noise in the playoffs. Hopefully, they'll do something. I doubt that they will. But you know what? To be honest with you, as a Knicks fan, uh, and again, I can't compare the Knicks and the Mets in my, you know, as my love for the Mets. 
But the truth is that just being in the playoffs after 30 years, or it seemed like 30 years, out of them is an accomplishment. The Isaiah Thomas era is over. The, the Knicks are actually relevant again. Carmelo's playing good. Amari's playing good. If the Knicks can, you know, win in the first round, they can do anything in the first round, sir. Win a game or two. The Knicks have conquered a mountain just by getting back into the playoffs. So I'm happy about that. I'm, they're not going to win. You know, they're not going to win at all. I'm not saying that, sir. But, uh, you know, any thoughts on that? You realize that, yes, the uh, the Knicks have made the playoffs. But with about four games to go, there's still a lot of shuffling around with the seedings. And do you know that if, you know, there's actually a pretty good chance that the New York Knicks, your New York Knicks, might be playing my Boston Celtics in the first round. Well, that would be, that would be fun. We'd have a nice uh you know, a week of that by the time the Knicks would be eliminated. But you never know. I mean, they're definitely not. There's no way they beat they beat your team. There's no way they beat Carlos Arroyo, a close personal friend of mine. Uh, you know, speaking of which, I was talking to uh, my uh, my brother-in-law Greg, another close personal friend of mine, and uh, I asked him about Carlos. You know, if they keep in touch. He said, Yeah, they're keeping in touch. And I asked him if you know what Carlos started playing in Boston, and all I got was silence on the other end. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I know that he's following him out there. My other nugget, sir, is basketball-related. Did you hear about LeBron James' mom being arrested for misdemeanor assault? No, what happened? Really? You didn't hear about that? Man, I tell you, you got to love it. Only in America, if this is a regular woman, this is, folks, this is so funny, it's sad. If she was a regular mom of a no-name person, such as JB or myself or, you know, Bastardo, um... No one would care, but the fact that she's the mom, one of the greatest, I mean, not sorry, greatest, I'm, you know, I can't stand LeBron, one of the biggest name athletes in the world, it gets media attention. She attacks some dude. I forget if it was in a hotel or not. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me what it was because I read it, but it just, you know, I just had to take away the fact that she, she got um, arrested for misdemeanor assault. I had to drop that little nugget on, on you, sir, and the rest of our pure gold audience, but I mean, seriously, the man's got more money than he knows what to do with. He actually just bought a stake in a in a fo- Liverpool, I believe, in a football team across the pond. So, you know, he's got more money than he knows what to do with, and his mom is getting arrested for assault. JB, how, how does this happen, sir? Can, can you tell me? I mean, it's just another case of where celebrities, whenever something happens to a celebrity, it's on the news. And, you know, it's all about bad press. And uh, I personally don't like the way that LeBron James announced he was going to go to the Miami Heat. So, obviously, to me, he's a heel. And, you know, anything that happens to him and his mom, you know, I could care less at this point. He's, you know, I don't even know if LeBron James' mom is dating Delonte West on the Boston Celtics. And if he is, who gives a rat's? (laughs) You know? I hear you, sir. Anything, uh, would you like to add anything before we close out another wonderful up your gold extravaganza? No, just close out the week saying another fine week of pure gold. DG, I know we did a, a lot of wrestling, but, you know, obviously we're not going to be talking a lot more wrestling because we have a full obviously. year to wait for. Obviously, definitely. <laughs> so you enjoy those ga- the game on Monday night, and we'll definitely get your first-hand take on the Mets live and in person against the Colorado Rockies. Of course, and it'll be fun. You know, I'll definitely be excited about that. My wife is excited. She can't, you know, contain herself. But uh, it'll be good to be at the at the wedding. I just saw something online about weddings. Uh, it'll be good to be at the game. It'll it'll be good to be at City Field, and it'll be you know freezing cold. And I'll probably you know leave early because uh, my wife can't stand there. She's got to pee a hundred times. But it's exciting. You know, I'm glad to be going to a Mets game, and you know, of course, at your expense, it's always uh, it's always better. Always. <laughs> Sir, a pleasure. Yours, of course. But before we let you go, folks. 
This show is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, KubaSoccer.com. If you're into soccer, to come come to us for the best in soccer shirts. We have soccer T-shirts for footballistas like Joe worldwide. Check us out at KubaSoccer.com. Folks, DG, don't forget that Pompton Dental Arts is the place to go if you have a toothache like DG had this past week. So if you're looking for an honest, gentle dentist, then contact Pompton Dental Arts at 435 Ringwood Ave in Pompton Lakes. You can expect a warm, caring family atmosphere where Drs. Ryan Sikowski and Dr. Lawrence Houch will take care of you and your entire family dental health. Call 973-835-0702 for an appointment today. Or visit their website at PomptonDentalArts.com. Once again, that's PomptonDentalArts.com. When you call or when you make an appointment, either or, please mention Pure Gold. And, DG, I'm sure we will have a new poll question next week. <laughs> yeah, uh, considering it was, it, you've been going nuts about doing the polls, I'm pretty sure that we're going to have a, a new poll question next week. And it will probably be uh, Mets-related, considering you hate wrestling and you you know, you know think it should go to hell at this point. But uh, the truth is that, you know, again, I'm excited about everything going on. I'm excited about things in the Pure Gold universe. Uh, folks, of course, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all that other good stuff. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com. Call us in. We're about to go off the air, but call us right now if you want, and, you know, we'll hang up on you. 714-364-4721. I'd like to thank our wonderful producer, Fitz, that useless sack of you-know-what. I'd like to thank our lovely, and I mean lovely, board op, Kelly for another wonderful job that she did today. I'd like to thank Jose, our media director, public relations director, coffee getter, whatever he is. I'd like to thank Mitch from Fort Lee for calling in. As always, Mitch, it's a pleasure talking to you. Of course, I can't forget Justin Labar who called us in, uh, you know, called into the show to talk about wrestling. And, of course, you, our loyal fans out there, and my uh, my wonderful friends up in Boston and, you know, loving the Red Sox and going crazy and the anonymous people that I, uh, the anonymous person that I mentioned before, Make sure you tune in next Tuesday night as I will talk firsthand about the New York Mets and the amazing win that they will have against the Rockies. Folks, for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always break it down DX style and remember to always keep it PG. Good night, everyone. <laughs>